Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Great Pod Scott. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the border wall and why I find it's absolutely essential that we need that we have one. And I'm also going to be talking about the latest statements from the representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what I feel about them and my opinions on it. So, without further ado, let's get into the, today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the episode. As always, appreciate you guys for listening in. It's always a uh, big help for me to have you guys here. Um, love talking to you guys. So, anyway, without going into too much rambling here, let's actually get into the episode. So, like I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about the border wall and why I think it's absolutely necessary that we need one. And I know a lot of people started making the argument that. Oh, uh, we just need, you know, more advanced technology at the border. We just need more border agents, which I can't really deny that. Yeah, it'd be good to have, obviously, more advanced technologies at the border. <clears throat> and it obviously, it'd be, more, it'd be useful to have more border agents as well. But that alone, I don't think, it isn't enough, right? Because that really only helps, especially with technology, right? The, the technology, I feel like, is only going to help really at the actual crossing points or the portents of entry, you can update that and make it super high tech, but that's only if the people are actually going through there. Like the purpose of the wall is to help prevent as much illegal activity coming across the border as possible, whether it be people, drugs, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Which is typically the two biggest things, right? Drugs and people. Right? People get smuggled. I mean, sex trafficking is a huge thing now at the border too. Um, so th- there's a lot of things that go on at the border. That obviously aren't at the port of entries. Yes, some people still try to smuggle stuff through the port of entry. Obviously not very successful. So what do most other people try to do? They go take the routes that there isn't much border patrol there. Ones that are like isolated and secluded where it's not much, you know, there's no traffic really there for anyone to get caught, right? So I actually got some statistics here to show you why I think the wall is definitely needed, right? So this is from the U.S. Border Patrol stats from the fiscal year of 2017. So yes, I know they haven't put out the 2018 statistics yet, but this is the most recent one that they have from their website that I pulled up. And they do a whole breakdown of uh, each sector that it's in and pretty much all the categories that they deal with. So they have three sectors. They have the uh, coastal border sector, Northern border and southwest, or, yeah, southwest border. Um, and obviously, the southwest border is the main focus because that's where all the shit basically happens at. So I'm going to be reading from the southwest border statistics itself, right? So in this first graph they have here, um, they go through apprehensions. Uh, they go through how much marijuana and cocaine in pounds have they seized coming across the border and they also talk about um the assaults that happen on these borders as well so like a physical actual physical altercation of some sort so apprehension wise right the total apprehension of people on the southwest border alone was 303,916 people were apprehended in total at the southwest border sector right so that's including yuma tuscan san diego 
Rio Grande Valley, uh, formerly McCollin, Laredo. Laredo. Yeah, I'm going to mess these up. My my Spanish isn't too good, so you have to cut me some slack there. Um, El Paso, El Centro, Del Rio, and Big Ben, formerly Marfa, Marta, was it? Marfa. I don't know. So just in those, that area alone, right? Between those one, two, three, between those nine sectors, or there's nine areas, right? In total, they apprehended 303,916 people. That's a lot. In total, out of all the sectors, they detained 310,531. I that's a, that's a lot of fucking people that were detained, but well over half was in one sector alone. That was... A, Southwest uh, border sector, right? So just with people alone, you know, that screams, that's a lot. That's a lot of money that we have to bring into taking care of them, uh, like holding them, you know, in the detention center. And it's just all the things that go along with the cost of actually apprehending these people. Let's see. And marijuana, right? In total, again, I'm talking about the Southwest border here. They apprehended six, or no, they apprehended 857,888 pounds of marijuana coming across our southern border. That's a lot. 857,000 pounds of marijuana. This was in 2017, all right? So I'm going to take a rough estimate and say it's probably roughly the same amount, if not more, for the fiscal year. It might have dropped a little bit. But I don't I don't foresee it having like a dramatic difference, right, between seventeen and eighteen. In total nationwide, it was eight hundred and sixty one thousand pounds of marijuana was seized crossing our borders. But again, eight hundred and fifty seven thousand of that was just in one or on our southern border alone. That's huge. Six thousand pounds, six thousand one hundred and seventy four pounds of cocaine. Right? Came across our southern border. Nine thousand three hundred and forty six in total. Again, well over half was from our southern border alone. So it's just those statistics right there, right? That those are out those are outlandish statistics. They're they're not good. They're, that's terrible. All right, we in a physical wall could indeed help bring those numbers down. And like obviously, I don't think anyone's out there saying, well, anyone of right mind saying that okay, a border wall will physically stop any and all illegal activity. Like, no, obviously not. Right, but it makes for a damn good deterrent. Right, so if you have this thirty, forty foot wall of concrete that's in your way, and especially after you made that dangerous hike through the deserts, you're probably already, you know, dehydrated like no other. You're probably almost starved to death because most of them can't really pack for you know the type of uh, trip that that takes to go from Mexico all the way across the desert up to the border. Right, it's a dangerous fucking thing. Not only do you have nature out there that could potentially kill you, you could die of dehydration, hunger, uh, disease, you, you know, catch something on the way there, like you get a cut and it gets infected. You know, it was like a ton of things that could potentially kill you just to get there. And then you're met with a 30 foot concrete wall. I mean, you're not going to, to you, it's probably not going to be worth it. You're like, is it really worth me almost dying to get there just to be met with a 30 foot giant concrete wall? Any, any person with the same mind would be like, ah, you know what? I don't think it's worth it. So, like I said, it's, it's not going to prevent everybody, but it's going to be a huge impact on it. Because there are going to be people who are going to realize, okay, well, 
at one point there was nothing there, right? Because there's some parts of our border that don't have even a fence. They just have, it looks like just like wooden post lines, right? Just to pretty much indicate, okay, this is the border. But there's no security there. You know, obviously you can't have um, border patrol stationed there 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, right? <clears throat> and uh, they could just easily walk right through it after, obviously, if they survived that journey, they could just walk on in. And, and most of the time there's a neighboring town not too far away, right? Um, so yeah, so that's just a few statistics. I got, I got more here for you. Don't worry. So this is what irritates me, right? Another part of this is that a lot of them will take kids with them. Right? And I'm sorry, this is, might sound offensive to people. It might sound pissed. I don't fucking care. If you, as an adult, decide to take your child or a young kid that kind of across the desert, Knowing that all you could potentially die from a numerous amounts of reasons, and you decide that that's an okay thing to do, that you're willing to risk your own kid's life just to illegally get into another country, is beyond me, and it's absolutely fucking stupid on the parents' part. It's irresponsible. It's it's just terrible. I, I don't understand how people can think that's okay. If you want to bring your kid to the U.S., go the legal route. Yeah, it's going to take longer, but at least you don't have to worry about risking taking them through the desert and trying to sneak past a bunch of people. And and most likely, let's be real, you hired a coyote, which they don't care about your life. They just care about their money they're making, right? Let's be real. They're not, they're not guaranteeing your safety. They're just saying, hey, this is how we get here. If you happen to make it, cool. If you don't, well, I still got your money. I don't care, right? They're not there for your well-being. They're there for a paycheck, all right? So I can't, I can't stand – I have no sympathy for the parents, that are claiming, oh, my child is sick now because of this. And then they try to blame the uh, Border Patrol agents, right? So they're in their custody, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, unfortunately, the, the kid dies, right? which is sad. Uh, I'm not saying it's not. It's actually, you know, it's a terrible thing that they did die. But it's the parents' fault. I don't blame the Border Patrol. It's not like the kids were in perfect health and then within a day or two, they just suddenly just died out of nowhere because the Border Patrol agents were just treating them so badly. Like, no, that kid was probably sick. And had a lot of health issues prior to the Border Patrol agents even apprehending them. And with the amount of influx they have of people, it's it's hard to just focus on, you know, all these kids at once, right? It's a tough job. There's thousands of kids coming in at once. You only have a couple hundred Border Patrol agents probably taking care of them. It's tough. And a lot of times, I'm sure those kids aren't over here waving their hand like, hey, I'm, I don't think I'm doing too well. Or I think I'm sick. You know, they're probably not even saying anything until the last minute. So I, I don't... I don't fault for the border patrol agents for doing that. And they do everything they possibly can when they realize that the kid was sick. Right? It wasn't like they're oh shit, he's dying, that sucks. Like, no. They did everything they possibly could. I mean shit, one kid was even trying to get air um uh, airlifted out of there. So I digress. That's <laughs> that could be a whole nother topic. But why I was talking about it to begin with is because they have statistics on accompanied juveniles and unaccompanied juveniles essentially crossing our border, right? And again, sticking with our southern border here. In total, all right, this is a company juveniles. There's 41,131 juveniles had crossed the border and were apprehended. All right. In total nationwide, it was 41,223. So only like 100 something more were captured somewhere else. So like 95% more than that was from just the border, southern border itself, okay? Now this is the number of 
unaccompanied juveniles. These were kids by themselves. They didn't even have any adult with them. All right, and get this number. 41,435 unaccompanied juveniles. And this is from the uh, U.S. Border Patrol statistics, all right, from their website. They apprehended 41,435 kids without any guardian with them. Juveniles, all right? Young kids. Can you imagine that? You sent your young child by themselves to go across a desert that is unforgiving to anybody. Even to the most experienced, like, survivalist. It's still an unforgiving environment, all right? That's that's just mind-blowing to me. That more kids were coming across the border unaccompanied than they were with someone. I mean, think about that. Like, really? Come on now, that's that's terrible. And in total, there was 82,769 total juveniles across the entire country that were apprehended. And for adults, the total was 227,762, right? And if you add them both together, that's 310,000 people were apprehended. That's absolutely insane, man. Absolutely insane. All right, let's move on here. Let's go down. They break it down to male and female. Uh, Again, sticking with the southern border here. Uh, in total, 80,857 females were apprehended. I'm assuming it's adults because, yeah, these would be classified as adults. And nationwide, it was a total of 81,686. And you can see the trend here, right? It's the southern border predominantly has well over 80 to 90-something percent of all the apprehensions, all the arrests, you know, all the drugs captured, everything, right? And that was females. And another funny statistic... Guess who predominantly is coming over? The males. Again, total number for males, southern border, 223,059. 223,059 male apprehensions on the southern border alone. And in total, nationwide, 228,845. All right, these are huge numbers. Huge number. I mean, let's be real. The total apprehensions altogether were three hundred ten thousand, and two hundred twenty-eight with two hundred twenty-eight of them were male. Or yeah, were males alone. All right, so they're they're coming in huge waves. All right. Now just imagine how much more that number would dramatically drop. Think about the kids that wouldn't have to make that journey, knowing that okay, there's this wall that I, there's no way I'm gonna be able to cross. So their parents hopefully would make common like a common enough sense to say, okay, well, it's a risk enough for him going or for them to go. But now they're met with this wall. You know, maybe maybe this isn't it. Maybe this isn't the route we need to take. Maybe we should just save up and go the legal process. Because I mean, let's be real, like coyote's not cheap. If you hired one, they're not cheap. They're expensive. Save that money, put it towards the legal process. And yes, I'll make another episode on this, but I do think the whole immigration system needs to be needs a reform anyway. All right, I'm not saying make it you know super easy and super lax, but there's ways to improve it that I think would be useful to where it make it a more like a more smooth transition. Okay. All right, let's move on here. Was oh, so here you go. Currency value. All right. 
currency values. This is a big one here. All right. So let's break this down. Apprehensions alone, right? In the southern border, they've... What was this? 303,916. Right, that's how many was it, apprehensions they total they got? Yeah, so total apprehensions of people, right? Uh, marijuana in pounds total was 857,888 on the southern border alone. 857,000. Huge, huge. Let's see, uh, we got heroin now. Heroin. 15,182 pounds, right? 15,000 pounds of heroin was apprehended coming across our border, trying to get into America to flood our streets and kill more Americans with these, these terrible fucking things. I'm not saying marijuana is, you know, killing anyone, but like heroin, obviously, right? Methamphetamine, 10,000 pounds, 10,273 pounds of methamphetamine apprehended at the southern border. Right, in in total, ten thousand three hundred twenty eight pounds nationwide was apprehended. So clearly, almost all of it was apprehended on our southern border. Uh, ecstasy, they somehow only managed to find one pound, which is a weird number. Uh, other drugs, which obviously can be a, a plethora of them, was five hundred fifty four pounds of other listed drugs that they had found. All right, uh, total number of seizures for marijuana. 9,371. And look at that. Okay. So on our southern border, there was a total of 9,371 seizures of marijuana. But within that 9,000 apprehensions in marijuana seizures, 857,000 pounds came out of that. Now think about that. 9,000 marijuana apprehensions and out of that, 857,000 pounds came out of that 9,000 apprehensions. That is a ton of marijuana being crossed over the border each and every day. And that's, just who, that's just the ones who were caught. All right? I know those numbers are way bigger. All right? Th- these numbers are probably pretty small compared to the actual number being successfully crossed into the border or into the United States. All right? Again, here's another outlandish statistic. Cocaine seizures, right? Apprehensions. 463, right? And again, out of that 463, that alone brought in 6,000 pounds. Out of 463 apprehensions for cocaine, there was 6,000 pounds worth of cocaine in those apprehensions. And it gets even worse for heroin. This one's terrible too. There was only 219 heroin seizures. Or apprehensions. Right? And out of that 219, 15,000 pounds of heroin they collected from it. 15,000 pounds. Now just imagine if those people weren't caught. And again, imagine that that number's probably higher. You know, I can't say indefinitely that number's higher, but let's be honest here. They can't catch everyone, right? So that's just of the apprehensions that they made. This is mind-blowing. Methamphetamine, 809 apprehensions. 10,000 pounds of fucking methamphetamine. See, this doesn't make any sense. So, Well, I guess ecstasy is small, so I guess that's the weight difference here because they have 48 apprehensions for ecstasy, but only one pound total. So, Still, I guess a pound of ecstasy is probably still a lot, though. Cause it's 
pills aren't that big. I mean, they're honestly probably no bigger than like a Tylenol, I guess, from, you know, what I've seen of them. Um, and in other drugs, there is 735 and 554 pounds. So, um, not as bad there. But, I mean, the big heavy hitters, though, co- cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine. And marijuana. I'm not saying marijuana is necessarily bad, but, like, illegally bringing it into the country, yes. Absolutely bad. Shouldn't happen. Screw all that. Take that shit back. All right? But still, it's just the little amount of apprehensions they make for these drugs, but the amount of drugs they're finding with them, it's just astonishing to me. Man, let's see. Firearms here. They found 369 firearms. From apprehensions, 369. Ammunition and rounds. They found 13,938 rounds of ammunition trying to be smuggled into the U.S. Think about that. 369 different firearms and 13,938 rounds. All those going to be legally sold on the black market in the U.S. Right? Or they're going to be funded there to start gang wars. You know, the cartels. They have territory in the U.S., I mean, let's be real. Everyone knows that. There's tons of Mexican-based gangs living in our southern states. And gang problems a huge thing. And, and think about that. Those 369 guns and 13,000 rounds would have just been implemented into the U.S.? I mean, think about that. That's, that's terrifying. And total currency value all right, that we've apprehended. Again, this is just from the southern border alone. It's five million one hundred sixty nine five hundred ninety three dollars. Like that is insane amount. Insane amount. In total nationwide, it was five million eight hundred sixty nine and four cents, or four dollars. Sorry. Like, damn, and that, that's just from like I said, that's just from what they caught. That's just from who they apprehended, right? Like I said, you know there's more coming in. Alright. So again, if these statistics alone don't scream, holy shit, we, we need a physical barrier to at least mitigate some of these statistics. At least lower them. I'm Like I said, it's not going to completely do away with them. But it's going to help it a lot more. It's going to drop it dramatically. Alright. And then, yes, implement higher security in those checkpoints. Because yes, some of those are getting through our checkpoints because they might have found some new and improved way of smuggling shit across, right? So yes, obviously, bring up the technology at our checkpoints and our ports of entry. Beef up the security there, too, so to make it an intimidating presence, right? Like, deter people from doing the wrong thing. That, that's the whole point. Like, that That's the whole message. It's just like, look, we're going to try to prevent you from even having the idea to begin with, or we're going to you know, pr- put something in your way where you're like, Shit, I want to go do it, but I know that there's no way I'm going to succeed right now. All right? And that's that's the whole idea behind this border wall. And I don't understand why people ever think it's, it's such like an inhumane thing. I mean, more statistics here for you. All right, we got... Where does this go? Oh, no, where'd it go? Oh, wait, huh? There we go. All right. So... A border wall isn't anything new. We've actually had a few proposals dating back from 1994. All right, so we've had barriers being built, and I think even longer before that. All right, so let's see here. 
We had the uh, Secure Fence Act. All right. Uh, it was in 2006. All right. It was signed in by, I think, George Bush. Yep, George W. Bush on October 26, 2006. All right. So that was a, a group effort, a bipartisan agreement, right? Because I had to go through both the House and the Senate. All right. And it was all approved and it had to go through a committee. Again, the committee approved it, sent it to the both the Senate and the House, respectively, and everyone agreed on it to the point where it got sent to the his the president's desk at the time, George W. Bush, and he signed it into into law. Right? I and mean, that's how that works, right? So this whole bipartisan thing for a wall isn't new. I mean you see it right there. Right? They they've it's just it's amazing to me. I mean, even the House of Armed Services Committee proposed a plan on November 3rd of 2005 calling for the construction and reinforcement fence along the entire United States-Mexican border. This would also have included a 100-yard border zone on the U.S. side. On December 15, 2005, Congressman Hunter's amended, amended, wait, yeah, Hunter Amendment to the Border Protection, Anti-Terrorism, and Illegal Immigration Control Act of 2005 passed the House. This plan called for mandatory fencing along 698 miles of the 1,954-mile border. On May 17, 2006, the U.S. Senate proposed with Comprehension Immigration Reform Act of 2006, which are what called what, what could be 370 miles of a triple-layered fencing and a vehicle fence. Okay. Um, although the bill died in committee, eventually the. Secure Fence Act 2006 was passed by Congress and signed by President George W. Bush on October 26, 2006. All right, I'm reading this right off uh, uh, was Wikipedia, right? Which I know is probably not the best source, but you can't really you can't really lie about these, right? I mean, it's just common knowledge. You could probably you could literally find these statistics anywhere else, right? It just happened to be on this one. Um, but yeah, so like I said, even in 2005, the House is the House Armed uh, Services Committee wanted to build a wall along the entire thing, right? Granted, it did get turned down, and it eventually got modified into a new one, but this, this idea of building a wall across the entire border isn't new, and it isn't anything crazy. And people say, oh, it's old technology. It'll never work. Okay, then explain to me why every other country almost decides to build up a wall, and it's helped tremendously. For instance, Israel. Israel has a wall. And it's helped them in tremendous amounts, right? Because they have neighbors that truly just hate them, that want to kill them, right? It's not that they just want to come live in their country and, you know, get a free ride and all this other good jet. No, they just want to kill them, right? So, I mean, is that what it takes for us, for people to understand that we need a wall? Is because if, like, Mexico just wanted to invade us and kill us, would, would that be enough? You know, it doesn't need to get to that point. It's just, I don't know, it's just crazy to me how people don't understand and the cost for it is actually in re- in retrospect of how much government spends on other programs it's not actually a whole lot of money all right yeah five billion sounds like a lot but like i said in retrospect how much they spent on other projects and how much they mitigate to other uh programs five billion isn't a whole lot it's a pretty small amount of money all right, we spend billions and billions of dollars. I mean, shit, we we send hundreds of billion dollars to other countries in aid, right? And a lot of those countries don't even really like us. So it's another to me is I think is another big waste of money. But that could be for another episode. 
So yeah, so this is, like I said, this is why I believe, and I got statistics to back this up too. I'm not just spewing out my ass here, just, you know, talking about my opinion on this shit. Like I, there's legitimate facts and evidence to support that having a wall would indeed help. All right. So that's that. That is my take on why we need the wall. And as soon as the Democrats quit trying to play tough and just go on and just accept it, like all of pretty much the entire Border Patrol agent, you know, or uh, yeah, the whole entire Border Patrol, right? Whole agency alone basically wants that fucking wall to help them out. All right. So I understand why they're sitting there thinking, oh, no one wants that. No, I know. Uh, I would say the vast majority of Americans want it. And obviously, the almost the entire Border Patrol agency itself wants it. So I thought Congress, I thought government was supposed to be for the people. Well, you're not doing a very good job at it. All right. Well, on to the next one here. But before I go, I'm going to try out this uh, sponsorship thing on here. So I don't know how it's going to work. So I'm going to do a little break. I'm going to plug this sponsorship in here real fast. And then we're going to continue on with our next topic about Alexandria. Alexandria, or I can't even really pronounce her name, to be honest with you. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Everyone just calls her AOC. That's what I'm going to go with. It's a lot easier. So just a brief second here. We'll get right back into it. So hang tight. I'll be with you shortly. All right, completely random here. So, yeah, totally found out that I uh, was actually supposed to verbally say a sponsorship. I thought they just plugged one in there. So, yeah, so there's an awkward pause in there. Totally butchered that, but I found out how to do it right. So next episode, I'll actually do one. Wow, the the rate that they go for is insane, actually. So the one that I was offered, it was like they get 10 bucks for every 1,000 plays, <laughs> which is really insane right because i think the max i've gotten is like eight i'm almost there yep close um but hey you know it's gonna keep trying with it never hurts right um so yeah so it's this episode's kind of wonky it's kind of it doesn't flow very well there towards the end because i thought that they automatically did it they didn't and there was like a pause and uh that whole thing messed up and you know, like I said from the get go, I was going to talk about two things, and I'm only talking about one. So yeah, so this episode was kind of all out of shape, all out of whack, wasn't really well coordinated. But you know, it's out there. Learn from it. Um, next one, I promise you, will be a lot more smooth, a lot more professional, as to say. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add this in there at the uh, here at the end, a little uh, tidbit here. Uh, before I actually play the ending part of the segment, I just want to give a little explanation of what happened. So, anyways, like I said, always appreciate the listen, and I will see you guys in the next episode. All right, welcome back. Um, I don't know if that whole sponsorship thing worked. I guess I'll I have to go back and listen to see if they add one in there. Because I'm trying this thing out where you can plug in an ad, which I, mean, I know no one likes to listen to ads necessarily. But it kind of helps me make a little money on the side, potentially, depending on you know how many people actually end up listening to it and whatnot. Um, yeah, I tested it out. I finally got it to work because I found out that if 
the song that I had on, which you obviously didn't hear in this episode, the Luke Combs song, Beer Can, great song, fantastic. Great artist all around. If you like country, I highly recommend getting his album. Fan-fucking-tastic. But, anyway, so I found out if you have that, or any music that's from an actual artist, like, you know, that they can't monetize it. Because I guess it's like a copyright infringement of some sort. Which I'm assuming. I don't really know. But I found that out and I'm like, oh shit. So, hence the reason why I didn't have the the song in there today. So, I'm going to see if that actually popped in there or not. I don't know. So, if it did, cool. If not, then this is just a weird transition pause for no reason. Um, But yeah, so I was going to get on to my next topic in this podcast. But I feel like I've already, it's already been like a half hour total. That I've been, you know, speaking on the wall. So I feel like I think I'm actually just gonna hold off and just. I think I should just stick with like one segment at a time. I try, sometimes try to put two in there if, if they're small enough, but they're actually two pretty big topics. So I'm actually gonna hold off on the uh, Alexandria Orcaso Cortez spiel. I'll probably put that in another episode later on in the week. Um, and talk about what you know her, which I I could I could make it a full episode really just from what she said and. Um, her uh, proposals for her Green New Deal. Right? So I got a lot. Of, I got actually have a lot to say about that and to break that down and pretty much f- tell you why that's insane. So anyway, so I guess that's just pretty much a, a little heads up of what's going to be on next. All right. So uh, yeah, I think that's it then. So like always, appreciate you guys for listening in. Hope this one was enjoyable. I know it seemed a little different, I guess. Trying to make it sound a little bit more professional, sound a little bit more smooth, but obviously, you know, it's, I don't know how well that's going to go, but I'll eventually get there. So like I said, like always appreciate you guys stopping by, listening in. I hope it was entertaining. I hope you learned something. And, you know, like I always tell you, if you any concerns, any things you disagree with me with, um, just let me know. You know, find me on Twitter at GreatPotSky. Message me on here if you like. Anyway, you can get a hold of me. Just get a hold of me. We can have a little dialogue about it. We'll talk about it. All right. So until next time, you guys enjoy your life. Have fun with it. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get arrested. Okay. Be good people. All right. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.